still have the apple thing? I just have to drink and have lemon candy. To the original question that I asked you to. <laughs> it's the app store. Okay. The app open. <laughs> Where's the lemon candy? Where's the lemon candy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I love Cindy. You like Cindy? Okay, I gotta get my face right. Okay. <laughs> What's up, y'all? We are back for part two, and uh, I'm in Montana again. This time I'm in the basement of the Hope Center. We were in Patty's room, which is also her office. So we have moved. We've moved down in levels and up in phases with the ladies. I feel, I, I'm sounding delirious. I'm like, it's late, it's been a long few days. But I'm so excited for part two. So we've got uh, two ladies that are in phase three of the three phases that Hope Center offers. And if you listen to part one, then you know that uh, this is a 12-month addiction recovery program that is Christ-centered. And uh, one of the ladies that she'll tell you, she's actually been through the program already once. And she is going through it again. What a trooper! Yeah! Uh, and Patty is back with us. She is the uh, admissions coordinator for about 97 of the locations. <laughs> but Patty, what is going to be different about the feel of part two with phase three students? Um, well, in phase three of the program, it transitions from more of a structured program to that of more like curfew based. So they have a lot more freedom. They're able to get in their car and bring it. They're able to get their cell phones back. Um, they operate off of a, off of a curfew. They have to be back at a certain time every night. They still have to participate Conversating with um, is actually interning for you. So, Kim, we'll let you uh, introduce yourself first mm -hmm. and say the top 10 things that you love about Patty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's Kimberly Parchman. Uh, I was born and raised in a little small town in Erin, Tennessee, and I have a great family. Uh, we grew up, we had everything. Um, I have one sister, 
and me and her both have been through addiction. And hers was when we were young and mine was when I got older. I have four children, one's in college, he's almost 18. I have a 15 year old girl, a 13 year old girl, and a 10 year old son. And for most of their childhood, I was sober. My addiction come when my kids were a little bit older my, when my youngest son was born. I got put on pain pills because I had a really hard time having them. And I never could stop using them completely. And he's 10 years old. So over the last 10 years, it's just, it ruined my marriage. It ruined lots of things. I've lost lots of things. I've been through having a heart infection. It almost killed me. Um, I'm really lucky to be alive. God has obviously had a plan for my life. I've spent a lot of jail time. I've done over 365 days consecutively in a jail cell. Mm. And when I walked free from that year last time in 2018, I went straight to the Hope Center in Paris, Tennessee. And I started on a year bed. My family, I think, felt sorry for me because I hadn't seen my kids in a year. And they ended up switching me to the eight-month bed. So I couldn't stay out of trouble. I, I stayed in trouble. I stayed into something always my whole life. And I ended up doing 10 months. I graduated at 10 months, and the director of that center asked me to be her apprentice. And so I worked for Hope Center for a year. Probably the best two years of my life was being in the program and then working for Dana Bowden. I learned so much about the type of woman that you have to be and just how to be a humble, kind person, because she is. Um, I let my pride get in the way when I was working for her. And I left. I left the Hope Center, and within six months, I had relapsed on meth, and it liked to have killed me. It li I liked to have lost my mind. And uh, I couldn't go back to where I had been. I wanted to go back to Paris. So they said, you got to go to Montana, which is 30 hours, 1,700 miles from my house. <laughs> and... Uh, I come here, and I was like, I'm only doing 45 days. I'm not staying. I'm only doing 45 days. I'm not doing this again. And here I sit, fixing to graduate the program again. I believe in Hope Center 150%. Even though I did it kicking and screaming, I still come and did it. I'm interning now for admissions. I'm interning under Patty. I was smart this time. I've kept my real job. Probably the thing I've learned the most in Montana is boundaries and that I can say no if I want to and that I can do it if I want to or I don't have to. It's my choice and Carolyn and Tiffany have taught me a lot about boundaries and that it's okay to not always do what somebody else is wanting me to do. So that's it. It's a good word right there. Yeah. We can talk a whole podcast on boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... Because I've had none my whole 35 years. <laughs> and a crazy little twist about Kimberly is we have never met before, but we share a mutual friend that went through the center with Kimberly in 2019 in Paris, Tennessee. Um, some of those girls in Tennessee transferred to Virginia to open our Virginia center. And um, the intern that came down went through the center with Kimberly and they were friends. And right before I left to come to Montana, an invitation to a graduation 
came in my mailbox and it was for my our friend Emily and so she puts this boy's picture on my refrigerator and she was like this is my friend Kimberly's son he's getting ready to graduate from high school he had sent her an invitation to his graduation and I'd never met Kimberly so when I told Emily that I was coming out here to Montana um, she said well, my friend Kim's out there. She said, remember that boy's um, picture that was on the refrigerator? That's Kimberly's son. Mm -hmm. So I had never met her. And then she, now she interns with me. So it's kind of crazy that we had a connection. And now we just met a cross-country road trip together. <laughs> so we did. That takes a special person. It yeah. was like you had a friend here before you even come. It was, it was great. And uh, so she and I, Flew back to Tennessee last week on Wednesday to Nashville, um, and I got to meet her very wonderful family. Um, I was so overcome with emotion at the dinner table that I cried <laughs> because they were such good people, mm -hmm. and uh, they were very good to me. And then we, Kimberly just went into third phase, so we got her car and we drove it back uh, 26 hours and in two days in two days and we saw all half yeah. of the United States and had a great time <laughs> yeah man well <laughs> the one who well. doesn't want to talk in the podcast <laughs> aka Mariah right introduce yourself talk to the people um I'm Mariah Galloway um I'm 27 was born and raised in Montana um was actually the second resident at this Hope Center in 2020. So I was here for like eight weeks or something and decided, well, I got terminated and um, relapsed, left, and went back out into my addiction and ended up back in jail. And I guess the difference with that time was I knew that I had a safe place to go that would help me get sober again. So. I got released from the jail to come back here almost a year ago, and um, yeah, I've been here for 11 months, 11 and a half months. I'm going to graduate September 10th, and it's just... Which is in two weeks for anybody listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting! <laughs> yeah, two <definitely>. weeks. <laughs> What else would you like for people to know about how far you've come? Not just in the last year, but um, since when you would say that, that life started spiraling to where you realized it was not in your control anymore? Well, I've struggled with my addiction since I was a teenager, but around when I was 18 years old, that's when things started to kind of spiral out of control. It, I started using meth and heroin intravenously, and um, I would have short short terms of sobriety in like 30-day treatment centers. I had 18 months of sobriety once in a drug treatment court program, and I graduated that, but um, never anything like this. Like, I would always relapse. I would always... The relationships always stayed the same. I was always so hanging out with the same people, doing the same things I was doing, just sober because I had to be. Um, and this program has helped me with my relationship with God, and I feel like that's led me to actually want to be clean and sober and 
So it feels a lot different this time, and this is the second time I've been clean this long, and it's mm -hmm. just amazing. So you've done the the thirty day programs, yep, and they didn't work. No, or maybe they did short term, but they didn't last. Right. Uh, and you've done more than more than thirty day, and more than this time. Were there other ones in between? So I was um, in a drug treatment court program. So that's like an intensive probation where you go see the judge once a week, and mm -hmm. you're doing UAs every day, and they have you on a GPS bracelet and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But in that situation. Like I said, the relationships, my work ethic, all of those type of things, my parenting all stayed the same. I just wasn't using the drugs. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, I feel like I've learned to be accountable and um, have a strong work ethic and do what I say I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And the long-term end of it has got me away from like the feeling of getting high. So... I actually have a chance, I feel like, at not relapsing because I'm not sitting here reimagining what that feels like, you know? Yeah. So I was going to ask, what, what do you think the difference is going to make? Like in two weeks, what, what, what's the difference in this program as opposed to the other ones that, that didn't prove to be lasting for you? Like well, in two weeks, what is going to make this last for you? They set you up so that you're really connected in the community with the church I know a bunch of people from the church that I would have never probably talked to in my life and have their numbers and things like that. So there's people mm -hmm. to rely on in that aspect. There's still support here. I know that I can still come out here for family night or go on a rec Saturday and do stuff with the girls. I know Carolyn will forever support me. Um, we're hopefully moving into a sober living thing that's connected with the church and Hope Center. And also I feel like I usually have really bad social anxiety and have a hard time with stuff like going to the gym going to church or because I just feel like everyone's I'm weird or everyone's looking at me or whatever and this has taught me that at this point I'm used to doing all that stuff so it's not going to be hard for me to like have constructive stuff to do and not just be too scared to do it I like it those are some good tools use them use the tools use the people <laughs> Use the phone number. <laughs> Man. Kim, what would you say to to somebody who has the mentality or the mindset of once an addict, always an addict? That God can do anything. God can do and change anybody. If you can just let yourself be open-minded and willing to something different, because it can be almost foreign to somebody that a lot of these girls have never heard about God. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think they're the best ones that they don't have a tainted view of what religion is and you can just accept the relationship of Jesus Christ, you have mm -hmm. a real chance of making it. Yeah. It saved me. Yeah. So you don't believe that, um, I know a lot of people that are listening to this probably go to AA or NA where they pretty much are told that they have to admit that I'm an addict. Like they have to say that as like a, like a profession at every meeting. Um, so what makes, like when you guys go to Celebrate Recovery, what makes that and then this center different, whereas like I'm not associated with what I did? Like maybe that was who I was, but how can I, you know, say something different now? In Celebrate Recovery, I always say, which everybody says their own little thing, but when you announce yourself, you have to say, Hi, my name's Kimberly. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. 
and I'm in recovery for addiction because I do mm-hmm. believe that you can recover. I believe that the words we speak over ourselves are so powerful yeah. um, that there is life and death literally in your tongue. So I think that if you can build yourself up, build each other up, mm-hmm. when you can't do it for yourself, practice doing it with somebody else. But building each other up and just speaking life over your future, mm-hmm. and you're you're gonna have a better chance of making it. I think. Yeah, I love it. So, Patty. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that you said you said this in this episode, but also in part one, just how much joy you have when you are watching people graduate. That you, you know, you've picked them up from a jail or you know you've you were holding them up when they were so high they couldn't stand um so what is it like you know for you to see uh you know these girls that are approaching graduation and they have jobs and they are you know proving themselves to be responsible and accountable and you're seeing them do exactly what the program is set up to do and you know what what does that do for you and like what like, how does that, I don't even know what, what I'm, like, trying to ask, but, like, to see that this is working. It's what keeps me going. Yeah. Um, one of the, we, I was in a meeting for the Hope Center a while back, and it was brought up about the admissions coordinators being involved at the centers, and what would be the purpose after you, you do the admissions, and, and one of the people in the meeting made the comment, I see exactly why you all want to stay involved. It's what mm-hmm. keeps you going. You're able to see the success. You see the difference you're making, and it mm-hmm. makes you want to get back out there after one more. Yeah. And that's kind of our admissions little motto, one mm-hmm. more, Lord, because we that's that's literally what we're doing. Our goal is mm-hmm. just one more, one more, and after that one, give me one more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now responsible for two centers in Virginia and two in Montana, and um, I think that's somewhere between 70 and 80 beds. And... I'm responsible for all their legal appointments, uh, any anything that has to do with their probation. And, you know, to be able to go, and I just was talking to one of the ladies' probation office, the, officers the other day and just saying, wow, I cannot believe this. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not even the same lady. You know, this, this is not even the same woman that was coming in my office a year ago. Yeah. And, you know, I, I hear that a lot in both women and with the men that the transformation that their probation officers who've been in their life a lot longer usually than I have. Yeah. So they see them full circle. So it's very rewarding and it makes you just want to keep on. Mm. I heard you say today that, um, that somebody who had gone through the program, uh, is now, or they had trouble getting a job somewhere and now they are hired on as full time. And, um, and that the judge, was going to be writing a recommendation letter? Yes, she is uh, going to collect her two-year chip um, on Saturday, and she is released from probation on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And she interned for, for me in Virginia and, and did a wonderful job. Um, and I think she feels like that her purpose at some point in her life will be to work for Hope Center. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had been working through a temporary service, managing two apartment complexes, which was a pretty big responsibility. Um and she contacted me a couple weeks ago, and she said, and she was very upset. And she said, "This, this is why people relapse. I have done so well, and now I've been offered this job opportunity. But they, I was working through a temporary service. Now I'm being offered a full time job, and they've done a background check, and they know I'm a felon now. Mm-hmm. And they did not know that going into this. So 
she's pretty much told me that they're not going to be able to offer me the position. And um, so she asked me if I'd write a letter for to help her to try to get the job. And um, so I reached out to a probation officer in her area. Her probation officer knew the judge and knew that the judge knew her story and offered to get with the judge and, and get the judge to write her a letter of recommendation. So she called yeah. me yesterday and we were so busy I wasn't able to talk to her. And uh, she called me today on the way back to the house and she said, girl, you're harder to get in touch with than the president, but I just had to share <laughs> share this with you. And um, she said, you're not gonna believe this. And I said, what? She said, they called today and made me the formal offer. I, I got the job. And she said, can you believe it? She said, I'm gonna be running an apartment not one apartment complex, but two apartment complexes that will not even rent to someone with a misdemeanor. And someone with four felonies is going to be running the place. But that's God. And all of this has happened in a year's time. Her right to vote's been restored. She's got a full-time job making close to $50,000 a year with no education. Yeah. Um, she's two years clean. She's coming off of probation. She's reunited with her two children that her parents were raising. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything has come full circle for her. And I mean, yeah. it, it It just makes my heart smile to be able to see it and be a part of it. Yeah. It's very rewarding. With the Hope Center having three phases, I feel like that, that she's in like phase four or yes. phase five. Mm -hmm. So for you guys, um, Mariah, what's phase four for you? Um, I would just say probably like I kind of think of this first year of sobriety as it of course it counts but I feel like it'll be the next year of sobriety after mm -hmm. that out there on my own that to me is going to be the real test of you whether I'm going to make it or not um, and just moving on with my life with my child I've never really been able to parent her the right way and I'm just hoping that I will be able to do that and maybe take her to church and let her learn about God because she's been really asking a lot of questions and um, I think that's a good mm -hmm. thing. So that's what I'm excited to do. Yeah. Do you believe you can? Yeah. Do you believe you will? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you believe that even when you feel like that you can't sometimes that you've got people in your life that you can reach out to? Yes. That will encourage you and sometimes kick you in the rear? Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. <Definitely. laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Mariah started out um, in the very beginning of when I first started here. Mariah was like the first person that spent any time with me. Um, she actually was interning in the admissions position when I came here, and then she ended up taking another position um, within the Hope Center, well, within her, her vocational training part of her program. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> we traveled together to go find me a van, something to drive when I got here um, and we were out in the middle of a field it was a hundred degrees it was chickens running around it. It, we were like are we really here is this really what's going on and someone from Hope Center FaceTimed me during the middle of that and Mariah and I are standing in the middle of this field with all these cars waiting on the guy to come meet us and we had gone to Starbucks on the way to buy the car mm -hmm. and I'd just been here like two days I think and uh, so a guy came out and we started talking in Starbucks and she looked over at me and said, I see right now why you do well with this job. And I said, why? What are you, what are you talking about? She said, you can just talk to anybody. <laughs> she said, we didn't even know that guy. <laughs> right. So she was encouraging from the very beginning. And, you know, we, we, she was kind of like one of the first people that I got to meet. 
That's awesome. Kim, what's phase four for you? I feel like you're kind of sort of in it. Are you planning to, to work here? I'm going to stay right, right here. <laughs> At least don't, don't be so happy me. about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I miss my family. Yeah. But they miss me when I'm there and I'm not there, mm -hmm. you know? So, I'm going to stay here in Montana. I love Mariah and Sandy. We have another sister that just graduated, Jenna. They all, we all need each other to help each other make it. Because I think that's what helps you make it, is if you have other people mm -hmm. that you can be there for and be accountable with, do fun things with. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we haven't really done much fun things except drugs. Now you spend $100 on Target every day. <laughs> I went and didn't spend a dollar. Wow. Yeah, it was you didn't spend I did a dollar. And I have you spent $100. <laughs> I didn't, did I? Wow. So what does what's your idea of a fun day look like right now? Okay, so we have a date night for Sunday. We're going to take Jenna that just graduated, me, yeah. Ryan, Cindy. We're going to go to, say it. Nagoya. Nagoya. <laughs> we're going to dress up and we're going to take pictures and I told her we've got to do something when we're done eating like crazy like go climb one of the mountains like how we do Montana City Mountain or something mm -hmm. while you're dressed up? yeah okay is Nagoya a Japanese steakhouse and yeah. I was not invited? you can come you can you're come coming. this Saturday Sunday I can't go oh I'll be on my liquid oh. diet <laughs> Oh, no. Wow, this all just went down <laughs> real quick. That's this is real life. Do y'all like Friday? That's my favorite. Those Japanese is my favorite restaurant in the world. Man. We got family night down. tomorrow. And Heather done made us promise you wouldn't, we wouldn't miss it. Mm. Meet her kid. You can go Japanese and drink the soup. Miko. Yeah, I can. Can I? <laughs> yeah. Just the soup. I thought she was going to so, say the sake. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take you back so, to the airport Sunday. Yeah, you do. I don't even know what time your plane's leaving. Two o'clock. We sure. can't believe you're leaving us. Wait till, I, wait till episode <laughs> three when she didn't go home Sunday. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I ain't even, look, I never say never, but I ain't saying yes either. Um, <laughs> so... Did, we, did you finish what you were saying? That your idea of, of fun right now is to go out to a nice dinner and well, dress up and celebrate friends. Yeah, and we're all, when you've been in addiction, thrill seekers. Yeah. So I feel like, oh, and like, we're going September, and we're going to ride the roller coasters. We've talked Cindy into going. <laughs> she says she's going to ride the roller coasters. <laughs> For anybody and, listening, Cindy is currently in the room asleep. <laughs> If you are hearing snoring in the background, that is Cindy. It is Cindy. And our laughter is not waking her up. She may or may not be dreaming, sleep talking. <laughs> we may or may not have had to edit parts of this podcast out. <laughs> I just want to find fun, sober things to do because mm -hmm. I think it's important to still have fun. You yeah. can call me anytime. I'll be your road dog. We can drive yeah. across the country any day. And still we got along. a blast. Yeah. The sure. first day we'd been in the car nine hours and I... I was counting it up, and I said, mm -hmm. we've been in the car nine hours? It feels like it's only been 15 minutes. Right. I can't believe this, because we were singing and laughing and talking, and yeah. we'd driven nine hours, and I didn't even realize it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, it is fun. I feel like that there's probably some people that, um, and it might not even have to do with, like, 
with addiction or sobriety, but I think that some people think that Christianity is boring yeah. and that you can't be fun and yeah. be saved, <laughs> that you can't have fun as a Christian or whatever. So, so not only like what does it look like to, to have fun, um, being sober, but Mariah, what does, what does it look like to, to love Jesus and to still have fun? Well, I think our church is pretty good at showing us how to do that. We've had some campouts, and they've done church out at the lake where they baptize people. Um, and the Hope Center is really good for that, too. Every Saturday, we do a rec activity, and they've taken us all over to do all kinds of stuff. And it's not using. It's not doing anything destructive. It's just having fun with your sisters, and I feel like that's yeah yeah i think jesus is pretty fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think anybody who thinks that that he's not like you really haven't met jesus then <laughs> like he's pretty fun yeah so what have we not talked about that you feel like is is important that you want people to know uh whether it's about like hurdles and obstacles that, that you've overcome to get to this point um maybe even what would you want to hear like somebody tell you in six months so after you've graduated after you're on your own um you know you've got a support system you've got people you can call you've got tools you can use but for the most part you're not you know you're not you don't have a curfew wow. those those restrictions have been let like let off of you what would you want somebody to encourage you with and to say to you in six months honestly okay. i'm 35 and probably my entire life and somehow never been able to really get it right. I've just wanted somebody for my kids and my parents to be proud of. And I really just want to be able to keep it together so they can be proud. I believe they already are. Mariah, what you want somebody to tell you in six months? Um... I think just to remember how hard it was for me to get here, how hard I fought to get here, even just to this point, much less whatever I'm going to do after this. And just, I just need to remember, um, like those deepest moments of pain when I was, I would have given anything just to be sober and not feel that way and not be sick and letting my family down and missing my child and, all of that stuff, I just, no matter how life gets, how good life gets, I think I need to just not lose sight of that because that will help keep me on the right path. Mm -hmm. So if there's somebody listening that has, that has struggled and battled with addiction, they've gotten clean, um, you know, and it could be, you know, like you, that, you know, you, you were clean for a year, you relapsed. I'm sure there's people who have been in cycles of that. That they go through programs, um, they get clean, relapse, and it's just like over and over. What would you encourage somebody that feels like that they just they can't do it? Don't give up. There is a time and a season for everything, but there's not a time to quit. Like if that. you just keep getting up and try it again, or at least you learn something. You know, I feel like I. Didn't let myself go as far this time because I learned something. Yeah. And I just want to remain teachable, humble, teach teachable, kind. Don't give up. 
Well, something somebody out there needs you. Like no that. matter who you are. Yeah. You said you want to be teachable. Um, what is something that you've learned about yourself in this last year that you didn't know before? <sighs> that I learned about myself that I didn't know before. I've always been the type of person that puts everybody else or everything else before myself. And the director here told me when I first got here, if I could just, Kimberly, if you could just get the first part of the serenity rope. And that just stuck with me. Like, I'm not going to be able to fix everything. I'm not going to be able to, I have to accept what I can't change and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm -hmm. I feel like I learned that I don't always have to make something happen or be involved in everything. That I can really just worry about myself. Mariah, what what would you say that you've learned about God in the last year that you didn't know before? Um, I didn't know before. I would just say my relationship with him is a lot stronger and I've realized that I don't have to be perfect or even doing the right thing to come to Jesus. I can still rely on him even when I'm making poor choices or I'm maybe not living up to the standard that I think I should be living up to and that God is not judging me. There's no condemnation and that as long as I have that relationship with him, um, then everything is okay. Love it. Is there anything else that y'all want to add? We want to <laughs> keep you in Montana. <laughs> we're thankful you've come you've been a you've been an inspiration to our house and we are on this side because we're in third phase now but i work here so i'm here and i see the first phase girls all day every day in and out of my office they anytime they need something or you know and i just seen a side of a lot of our girls this morning after your bible study that i have not seen and i Really thank God has probably called you to be there for people just like us. And I'm I'm really glad I got to meet you. Me too. Stop getting me emotional. <laughs> this is not about me. This is about you guys. <laughs> Man. Well, thank y'all so much for letting me in in your home. This is your little home and into your world for this week. And who knows if there'll be a part three. It's not planned, but Whatever, we're in a pandemic. What are plans? Um, Patty, you got anything you want to add? We've just been blessed to have you here with us. And, you know, um, it's kind of like what you said in part one. Um, you know, we are very opposite in a lot of things. When I first met you, it's like I was in instantly drawn to you. And in a short, very short time that we've known each other, it's like, that's my people. Yep. You know, we, we think a lot the same. We're, we're both caring and giving and... And we're Happy both cards. savage. Yes. And we, we're both savage. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, you even say that, like, politely. We're savage. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I'm so glad you came out and shared this time with us. I think it does good for a lot of people. Because yeah. people have an idea of what this is about. Yeah. Um, you know, Mariah talked about the different lengths of programs that she's been in. 
you know, one of the reasons that Hope Center is a 12-month program, and, and Kimberly mentioned that there's a, the option of an eight-month program, but, you know, through education of how drugs affect your body, your mind, and all types of ways, um, there's, there's scientific studies that say, especially benzos, opioids, alcohol, and somewhat meth, that it takes your body, any, your brain, anywhere from 12 to 16 months for it to repair, for it to mm-hmm. be able to fire its own serotonin, dopamine, the, the feel-good endorphins yeah. in your body because your body's relied on drugs to, to cause that effect in your body for so long. So one of the reasons that Hope Center is, the model is successful is because it gives your body that chance to heal. So you have a real chance once you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it's great to be able to be a part of it and people have a an idea of what they think that the program is like. But, you know, we're grateful when somebody like you, um, you know, that you, you're, you do a lot of motivational speaking and you do a lot of good things in your community and through church and spreading the love of Christ to be able to come in and spend some time inside of a center and see what it's really like. I don't, I probably, I know that you have a background in working with um, other programs, but they're all different. And, you know, I feel like this one is really fine-tuned to hit a lot of areas that a lot of other programs don't. Mm -hmm. And it leaves people successful where I don't see other people getting that opportunity. So I'm glad you've been able to spend that time with us and see how we actually do work from the inside. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And it has not all been great <laughs> since I've been here. <laughs> it's been, been a couple um, of days. <laughs> it, I know. It's, it's been crazy. You said something about, or somebody said like, that I was running, or I should be running away. And you were like, no, she's like, she's extending her stay. She's yeah. wanting to stay longer, but it's we all right. Both, we both said, well, that's what we do. I mean, yep. like we write, we, oh, there's a fire. Let's go see where yeah. it's at. There's yep. a wreck. That's Can we help? <laughs> most yeah. people, we run to the things that most people are running away from. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not, um, not running away at all. And there is something, even though I'm not working full time with, um, like with the recovery program, I still volunteer every month at a teen challenge near my home and literally I would rather be in a prison (laughs) or a recovery program than most churches any day and that's just because I love the people who are humble and um and allow God to to really restore because they they do they just they admit that they're broken they admit that they um don't have control of, of their lives and so when people can be real it's a lot easier to to be real with them and to have authentic friendships. And so I love it here. Well, I think that um, you've seen a lot of ups and downs in how things work from the mm-hmm. inside here. And um, a lot of people say, after they've seen that to me, I, don't, I do not understand how you do it. I don't understand how you do it. But I feel like there's a difference in walking in God's purpose for your life mm-hmm. and doing a job. And yeah. I feel like Hope Center, pretty much everybody that's really involved and works here, it's a calling on their life. It's mm-hmm. not a job. And, um, you know, it's a different feel when you step out of the bed in the morning and it's what you're called to do versus what you feel like you have to do to make a, a paycheck. You yeah. know, um, a lot of people joke with me and say, what what paycheck? Patty doesn't get paid. Her money goes back to Hope Center. But I enjoy that. I enjoy being able to put what I can back into it and, mm-hmm. and knowing that I'm walking in my purpose. You know, it's it's much easier to get up in the morning. And sometimes it is hard. But, mm-hmm. you know, God gives you the strength to go on every day. So I'm blessed. Yeah, me too. Uh, if anybody's listening and you want to help 
uh, you know, just women like these and the men in the, in the men's centers as well, um, and you want to support them financially, uh, several of the, the ones that come into the program, maybe they don't have the finances and, um, and they need somebody to sponsor them. You can go to www.hopecm.com and there are options there for you to give to, and I guess maybe they can specify a center or I don't know if they just give it to you. There's a, there's a, um, option to click at the top that says donate Mm -hmm. and you can either donate to a specific center and that money goes into the center to help with different things in the center Mm -hmm. um but then there's what we call hope for recovery and hope for recovery is a scholarship fund and every state and every center has that Mm -hmm. um and you can specify which one you want it to go to um to attend a year at hope center is seven hundred dollars for the one-year program um if you attend the eight-month program it's seven hundred per month we don't offer scholarships for the eight-month bed, but we do offer scholarships for the 12-month bed at the one-time mm-hmm. $700 fee. So the money for people who are indigent and not able to provide their own, we usually draw from Hope for Recovery. And, and various other businesses and organizations help us out and donate or sponsor beds to help us mm-hmm. feel when people have the need. Yeah. And maybe if you are near a physical location where there's a Hope Center and you want to volunteer your time, um, clothes, resources, there are options to do that as well. And I'll recommend just on that website, and we're going to link the website in the show notes, um, and maybe a phone number as well to um, a corporate office that can just put you in contact with the right people to where you can be tangibly helpful and be um, be present and hands-on. I guarantee you, if you do like what I'm doing this week, uh, and just go and be present with um, these women and men that are just living life like it will make you so much more grateful for um for things that we just take for granted every day and uh so i encourage everybody to do that in some way to give to support to pray for Uh, if there's somebody in your life that you know that is struggling um that is in addiction uh pray for them and put prayer into action uh go love on them recommend the hope center to them recommend some place maybe nearby that uh that they can get help and they can get support and um, and just believe that, like Kim said earlier, that anything's possible with God. Like there is there is hope possible. I love that it's called the Hope Center because I believe that um, there's hope for everybody. It doesn't matter if it's somebody's second chance or two millionth chance. There's still hope if they're breathing. And I think that's all. to go to phase four (laughs) and thank you patty so all right and thank you snore and cindy (laughs) 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 like she's we're loud she ain't waking up oh well yeah you're lucky she didn't get to saw in logs (laughs) (laughs) all right we would have left that (laughs) (laughs) that guy
we're still recording. <laughs> I guess we should wrap it up. No, this is just the cool stuff. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Church Talks. Thank you.